You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you are not an authorised financial advisor, you may find the content of this podcast difficult to follow as it assumes you have the necessary training and qualifications to understand the concepts discussed. You should also be aware the information contained in this podcast is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. In February, the federal government announced a proposal to amend the previously legislated Stage 3 tax cuts that are due to take effect from 1 July this year. Now, if legislated, the proposed changes will reduce the size of the tax cuts for high-income earners by approximately 50% and then use those savings to provide tax cuts or increase tax cuts for people on lower and middle incomes. But what does all this mean for advisors and the strategies they may recommend both in the lead up to and post 1 July this year? My name is Craig Day, head of the First Tech team, and joining me today to discuss the changes and how they may impact advice strategy considerations for clients is Linda Bruce and Tim Sanderson, two of my senior technical services managers. G'day, guys. Hey, Craig. Hey, Craig. Okay, let's start off with you, Tim. So the existing stage three tax cuts have been legislated for some time and most advisors, I think, are going to be familiar with them. But can you just give a give us a high-level reminder of how they actually work? Yeah, sure, Craig. Um, so the changes compared to current rates and thresholds are to firstly reduce the 32.5% marginal tax rate down to 30%, mm-hmm. get rid of the 37% tax bracket completely, and also then extend the threshold above which the top marginal tax rate applies from 180,000 up to 200,000. So at a high level, that basically means a 30% marginal tax rate would apply right from $45,000 worth of income through to 200,000. And in terms of the tax cuts these provide, it gets better as you earn more? Yeah, it certainly does. So for example, someone earning 45,000 gets nothing. Earning 100,000, you get uh, $1,375 tax cut per annum. Earning 180,000, you get $6,075. And earning 200,000 and above, you get the maximum $9,075 tax cut. Okay. And as we said, the current government has now proposed replacing the legislated stage three tax cuts with a modified set of tax cuts. Um, at the time of recording this podcast, the bill to implement these changes has actually passed the House of Representatives, Representatives, interestingly, with the support of the opposition. So it does suggest that these tax cuts will get through, um, but we still have to wait for the, for the Senate to ratify that. Um, now, what, what are these modified proposals? Sure. So again, compared to current rates and thresholds, the proposed changes would reduce the 19% marginal tax rate down to 16%. Um, again, reduce the 32.5% marginal tax rate to 30%. It would retain the 30, 37% tax rate, but increase the threshold above which that applies from 120 to 135,000 and extend the threshold above which the top marginal tax rate applies, but only from one eighty dollars to $190,000. Okay, so this proposal would seem to provide tax cuts for more people and a greater tax cut for low and middle income earners? Yeah, that's right. So all taxpayers, including those earning under $45,000, will get a tax cut under this proposal. And any taxpayers with taxable income below around about 146500 they'll get a better tax cut 
under these proposals than under the legislated stage three. So just two examples for some income levels. Uh, if you're earning $45,000 a year, uh, you're proposed to get an $804 tax cut compared to nothing under the legislated rules. And earning $100,000, you'll get you're proposed to get 2,179 versus 1,375 under the legislated stage three. Okay, but for higher income earners, it's not such happy news. Yeah, that's correct. So, for example, someone on 180,000, they would only get 3,729 instead of the 6,075. And if you're on $200,000, you'd get 4,529 instead of the 9,075 under the legislated. And also on a separate point, it's it's worth noting that with the retention of the 37% tax rate, um, people earning 135000 to 180000 they're going to have the same marginal tax rate before and after 1 July. And that could change the strategy considerations for these people compared to legislated stage three. Okay, so great. So in summary, from next financial year, any client with taxable in- income exceeding their effective tax rate thresholds will receive a tax cut. And this means that more clients than previously expected are now going to have more disposable income from 1 July. Uh, Also, given that changes are going to impact people in different ways depending on their income, advisors are going to need to understand these changes so they can develop, develop appropriate strategies for each of their clients, both for this year and in future years. Now, Actually, thanks, Tim. Now, Linda, firstly, can you tell us at a high level the key things that advisors are going to need to be aware of? Sure thing, Craig. Uh, Three things I'd like to point out. The first one is the reduction in the lowest marginal tax rate from 19% to 60%. Uh, That will result in the increase in certain thresholds, such as the septal, the senior and the pension tax offset thresholds, and the effective tax-free thresholds. This will have an impact on the salary sacrifice or personal deductible contribution strategies. So an advisor will need to do some review work there. And secondly, uh, previously based on the already legislated stage three tax cut, we talked about certain strategies to boost or bring forward uh, tax deductions from the um, uh, future financial year into the current financial year uh, or delay uh, tax events that can result in uh, higher taxable income to a future financial year. So Mm -hmm. now we needed to review these strategies given the 37% tax rates will be retained and the many clients' um, MTR will not change in the next year. So we needed to have a, uh, have a look at this. And lastly, uh, many clients, many more clients will have extra disposable income uh, from the next year than what was originally anticipated. This will give an advisor opportunity to explore how best to use or invest these tax savings. But on the other hand, uh, clients on higher income will get less tax savings. So it's really important for advisors to review those strategies planned for this client. Okay, so let's have a look at the first point you made. So the lowest tax rate will be reduced from 19 to 16% from the 1st of July. And it firstly, will affect the seniors and pensioners tax offset. That's correct. The maximum septal, the senior and the pensioner tax offset amount, uh, will not change. However, 
uh, those thresholds, the the uh, the the, re the rebate income thresholds, uh, they are calculated based on the legislative formula, and the formula is actually linked to the lowest marginal tax rate. Mm. So as a result, because the reduction of the lowest marginal tax rate uh, from 19% to 16%, as we mentioned earlier, the capital yep. rebate income thresholds will actually increase. Okay, so a client is going to be able to have more income before SEPTO starts to reduce, and the cutoff threshold when they get nothing actually is now higher or will be higher. That's right, that's right. So for example, uh, the threshold for a single person uh, to be able to receive the full septal, which is $2,230, uh, that will increase from the current $32,279 to $34,919 mm -hmm. uh, from the next year. Uh, and also the septal cutoff thresholds will also increase for a single person again from the current $50,000 $119 to $52,759 from the next year. And the member of a couple's thresholds will also increase. Okay, so obviously lots of figures flying around there, but uh, don't fear, we do have an article on uh, these changes. So have a look for the Stage 3 tax cut article in the link in the podcast description for further details. So yeah, if your mind's rolling with all those different figures flying around quickly, we do have an article that summarises it. Okay, now moving on, uh, what about any changes to the low income tax offset? Do these changes impact that? No, no impact uh, because the low income tax offset amount and the thresholds are hardwired into the tax law. So these tax cuts are not going to affect the uh, low income tax offset. Okay, so because they work off a form, they don't walk off a formula like SEPTO, then they're not going to change. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, moving on to the impact of these changes on the effective tax rate thresholds, which is the level of taxable income uh, a client have before they have to pay income tax. Now, you mentioned there earlier that the reduction in the lowest marginal tax rate from 19 to 16% will obviously increase the effective tax rate threshold. Absolutely. So this is based upon uh, the actual tax-free threshold. Uh, we all know that number, $18,200. No one pays tax if their income is lower than this uh, level. Uh, mm -hmm. And also um, people at that level um, will in, of income will get the maximum low income tax offset of $700. And then the lowest marginal tax rate uh, will be reduced to 16%. We add everything together. Uh, then if a client who's only able to get a low income tax offset, but not yet to be able to get a septal yet, so they are not going to pay any income tax from next year if their taxable income is lower than $22,575. Currently, this threshold is $21,884. Of course, clients who are eligible to get a septal as well uh, will have higher effective tax-free thresholds. Okay, so these thresholds, think about that. I mean, they mean that advisors are now going to need to review and potentially fine-tune their client's salary sacrifice and personal deductible contribution strategies to make sure that the level that they're salary sacrificing or the deductions they're claiming don't take the client down below that now increased tax-free threshold. Is that right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you mentioned, Craig, we all know very well that it's just not simply not tax effective to reduce the taxable income uh, to below that effective tax-free threshold uh, by doing salary sacrificing or personal deductible contribution strategies. But further to that, the lowest marginal tax rate uh, will be reduced from 19% to 16% for taxable income between uh, $18,200 to $45,000. So this means that the tax benefits of reducing a client's taxable income below $45,000 will be smaller in the next financial year compared with the current financial year. So therefore, the effectiveness of the such a strategy will really need to be reviewed or fine-tuned, as you mentioned earlier. Okay, so let's talk about the second point you made. Under the previously legislated tax cuts, it was going to make sense for a lot of people to bring forward their deductions into this year where they would actually be worth more because of the higher current tax rates, right? However, given that the 37% tax rate will now be retained and apply for taxable income between $135,000 and $190,000, is it still going to make sense to do this? All depends, Craig. So clients with a taxable income between $135,000 and $180,000 will have the same uh, marginal tax rate of 37% in either this year or the next year. So any deductions claimed against this level of a taxable income will have the same value either in this year or next year. So it doesn't really ma- make any difference uh, when the deduction is claimed. Uh, of course, the same principle applies for deductions against the taxable income above $190,000 because we're talking about the same tax rate So again, it doesn't make uh, any difference. On the other hand, though, if the tax deduction will reduce the client's taxable income to a lower tax rate, bringing forward eligible tax deductions into the current financial year may still be tax effective. However, the value of the tax benefit is likely to be reduced compared with what was originally legislated measures. Okay, Can you give us an example of how all this works? Yeah, uh, let's just do a really simple example. Let's just say we have a client called Lily. Uh, To make things really, really simple, Lily has the same taxable income of $150,000 in this year or in the next year. Uh, So taking the carry forward concessional contribution cap into consideration, Lily has an opportunity opportunity to either claim $50,000 personal deductible contribution in this year all claim that at 50000 in the next year. So if we just do a quick comparison, um, if Lily c- claims a 50000 personal super contribution in this year rather than next year, Lily can save extra $1,550 in income tax. However, under the previously legislated tax cuts, that tax saving could be $2,600. Okay, so... Well, it's still, it's, it's not going to be as effective as it was under the currently legislated rules. It's still going to, you're still going to be better off to claim the deduction in this case, in Lily's case, this year rather than next year. 
Yeah, uh, just to give some food for thoughts. Uh, alternatively, what Lily could do is to split the deduction, right, by claiming, uh, say, thirty thousand in this year against the thirty-seven percent MTR, and also, uh, and then claim the remaining amount in the next year against a higher MTR.、Uh, potentially, uh, the um, uh, the end tax benefit could be higher. Okay, so there's a lot of numbers here, which may obviously be a bit hard to follow if I'm sitting on a train listening to the <laughs> podcast or something like that.、Uh, do we have a worked example that people can look at? We do, we do, Craig. So that article you mentioned earlier about the stage three tax cuts, we're going to、uh, put a link in the description box of this uh, podcast. Uh, please,、yep. yeah,、uh, refer to that article. That article has a、uh, a table that compares how the tax cut works and tax benefits were derived.、Uh, what we talk about in in further details. Okay, if if not going to the link, obviously you can go straight to the First Tech webpage. Um, or even just give us a call in the first tech team. Okay, moving on. What about deferring income to a future financial year? For example, let's say we postpone a retirement date or sell a CGT asset in a future financial year rather than this year. Would that strategy still be tax effective given these changes? This is again the answer. Uh, will depend、uh, depends on the situation. So if the client's ordinary taxable income already exceeds one hundred ninety thousand dollars in either this year or、uh, a future financial year you're planning for, then then the extra taxable income from this event tax event、uh, will be taxed at a higher highest marginal tax rate、uh, in either this year or in the future year. So. It, Really doesn't make any difference.、Mm-hmm. On the、yeah. other hand, if the clients on a lower income, and if this extra income from this tax event can be subject to a lower、uh, tax rates、uh, due to the tax cuts in a future financial year, then、yeah. it would be tax benefit、uh, beneficial to defer the tax event into a future financial year. Okay, so the answer to that, just like any technical or tax question, I suppose, is it depends.、Mm-hmm. So advisors will just need to run the numbers to confirm. Now, Linda, you also mentioned that clients may have extra disposable income from next year. So, what are the key advice considerations for these people? Yeah, sure.、Um, let's not forget about the rationale for these modified changes. That is to address the cost of living crisis. So many of the advisors' clients may be happy just to spend the extra tax cuts. Alternatively,、mm-hmm. for people with non-deductible debt, such as home loan, home mortgage, they may want to divert the extra tax cut dollars into the mortgage to help pay for、uh, to pay to, to help to pay it off faster、mm-hmm. or to restore any buffer、uh, they may have eaten into. With the interest rate increases, that was not very nice, wasn't it?、Um, yeah. So,、um, yeah. So some some food for thoughts for clients in this cohort. Okay, but what about? I can imagine a lot of advisors will have pre-retiree type clients that may have paid off their mortgage and probably are at their peak earning capacity now and don't actually need the extra income that the tax cuts will. Pr- 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 Will provide to live on if I could speak.、Um, so, what should they be thinking about doing? Yeah, for this client, super is still the most tax-effective investment structure that 
that's uh, available. So contributing the tax savings to super will still make a lot of sense. So in this case, if a client has available concessional contributions cap, then salary sacrificing or personal deductible contribution strategies will still be uh, really uh, tax effective for these clients. If the client only has non-concessional contributions cap available, then consideration might be after-tax non-concessional contributions. Now, let's not forget the spouse contribution. If the spouse has income of less than $40,000, then making a spouse contribution could make the contributing spouse to get up to $540 spouse contribution tax offset. Okay, but what about for clients that may have already maxed out their super caps mm. or who, who don't want to make extra contributions because they don't want it locked up? What are they? What should they be thinking about doing? Yeah, sure, uh, Craig. Given the 37% tax rate is returned for taxable income between $135,000 to $190,000, the investment structure, such as investment company and insurance bonds, where the tax rate of 30% may be uh, applicable. So these type of structures may continue to be tax effective compared with deriving income and the personal name and the pay tax at a higher marginal tax rate. But once again, Again, uh, like everything else, tax effectiveness is only one aspect of financial planning. Investing through other structures such as super companies or insurance bonds may have additional assets protection or state planning advantages. So these benefits as well as the tax effectiveness all needed to be considered uh, when our advisors are formulating the suitable strategies for the clients. Okay, thanks. And I think that about wraps it up. But just thinking about all this, obviously, you know, when we had the original stage three tax cuts, um, we could see that they offered very substantial planning opportunities uh, for our advisors and for clients. Now, I think with these changes, obviously, those opportunities are still there. In fact, a lot more people may now have an opportunity to implement some of these strategies. But because of the way these changes have been made, it's, it's not maybe as simple as it possibly previously was, and that advisors will need to do the work, understand these changes, and then see what is the best strategy going forward uh, for their clients based on their level of income and the tax cuts that may be available. Also, I think uh, a lot of the strategy work here, we will be looking at those clients that are already salary sacrificing or making personal deductible contributions up to their existing caps. We need to think about fine-tuning their situation but also into the future, we may now have a lot more clients that have more disposable income that potentially can now afford to enter into or increase their salary sacrifice arrangements and what sort of strategies can we put in place for them and does that make sense for them to do? Um, so I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thanks, guys, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please note these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors as a source of general information. All scenarios considered during the podcast were purely hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. You should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decisions and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources 
we believe to be accurate and reliable. No person, including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited and Adventist Investments Limited, accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.